Welcome to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast, the only podcast that teaches men the cognitive mastery and alpha mindset that it takes to become an influential and irresistible man of confidence. Here's your host, certified life coach and international man of mystery, Kevin Ayo. What's up, my brothers? Welcome back to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Ayo, and I'm actually going to do a part two today, but I'm not going to do the part two of direct experience. I know last week I did a direct experience podcast and told you it was a two-parter and that this week we would do part two. I'm actually going to put that episode and I'm going to move it back a week. We're going to do that one next week because two weeks ago, the podcast on how to rewrite your past came out. Remember that episode, How to Rewrite Your Past? And that was such uh, an amazing episode that I had a response. I had a response from someone in the audience, and I want to address that response because I think it's such a valuable comment that it's worth everyone kind of listening to and, and allowing and kind of having this opening of this teaching. So... What we're going to do is we're going to do a how to rewrite your past part two today, and then we're going to do the direct experience part two next week. So first of all, let's go ahead. Let me let me tell you what the response was. If you haven't listened to how to rewrite your past part one two weeks ago, then go ahead and go back and listen to that one because there's a part in that episode that is referenced in this comment. And the part in that episode, you're going to want to listen to the whole thing to really get the context of it all, to get the content and context. But essentially it was, I was rewriting, I was giving an example of how I rewrote a part of my past, a story that I told that was not serving me, that was not creating amazing relationships between me and my mother and me and just women in general because of the relationship with my mom. And when I rewrote that story, this was the comment that our brother sent to me, and I'm just going to read it word for word so you guys can hear it, and then later in the episode, I'll go back and address parts of it so that we can really dive in and get into how to rewrite another story. So it, here's here's the comment. Okay, the story that you gave of the past is, quite frankly, an easy one to rewrite. There is obviously truth in that the mother was doing what she could to care for her children. What about someone who was seriously abused as a child? For example, suppose he or she was physically beaten and emotionally abused. And let's say that individual was physically abused so badly that it left scars. And I mean physical scars, which, once the abuse was over, turned into daily and visible reminders of one's terrible past. How would one rewrite that story in a positive light? Admittedly, this is an extreme case and it did not happen to me, but I use it to make a point. Some things that happen in someone's past and how a person feels about it are not a result of how they're thinking about it. Furthermore, they cannot be erased by erased by just not thinking about them anymore or by creatively rethinking them. Some things were actually horrible and there simply is no other way to think about them. I don't intend to be dismissive of your theory about how one should treat the past. I believe that for most people, there is much good that can come of it. 
but it only goes so far, I don't believe it can be successfully applied in all situations. That's the end of the comment. And I love this comment, brothers. I just love how this is written. There's so many things in here that are so amazing, and I want to kind of address them one by one. But first of all, I want to say that I love you. I love this 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 person that wrote this and sent me this email. I love you because you had a reaction. You had you listened to the podcast. It resonated with you in some way and you took action. You took an action to reach out and start asking questions to dig more deeply, to be more curious. Yes, there were a lot of statements in there. Yes, there were a lot of, you know, uh, of your beliefs that you're stating as facts. But there's questions in there and I want to get to those questions and I just love you so much for your courage and your curiosity and for you to really uh, open up this opportunity for me to teach and rewrite another story, a story that you have presented. I know you said it didn't happen to you, but it's a story that you presented. It's a story that I want to help you rewrite. Second of all, I do want to say that you can think and believe anything you want. And this is something I teach all my students. Everyone out there, all of you listeners out there, you can think and believe anything you want. I am not telling anyone that they should believe what I believe or have to believe what I believe. My beliefs don't require that all of you believe the same thing. I am simply offering a way. I'm offering a truth. I'm offering a methodology on how you can think about your thinking so that you feel better in the moment and drive the actions that serve your life in the future. The past is dead and gone. I am concerned about what is happening now, right? Not the events that occurred a week ago, a month ago, a year ago, or a decade ago, but just what is happening right now in this moment, which are determined by your thoughts always. I am also mindful of the future and creating with intention. So... My brothers, every single one of you out there, every single one of you listening right now, if believing you had a terrible childhood or past, if believing that horrible things happened to you, if believing that things happened to you that shouldn't have or things that shouldn't or things that didn't happen to you but should have, if believing all of that serves your present life and helps you create with intention the life that you desire in your future, that I'm not going to stand in your way. And I'm not going to tell you, no, you must think differently about your past. You must rewrite your past. You must pass through neutral and think positively about your past. You are a human adult, right? You're an adult human and you can think anything you want. Your mental space is your own. That is your domain. My offering is for you and all my students to observe what results that you are creating with your beliefs and if you continue to want those results. If you do continue to want those results, change nothing. If you don't want the same results and you have results you want to create with intention, then I can help guide you to change your cognition to drive those desired results. Now, having all said that, let's examine the proposed story. I'm going to kind of go back through it a little bit, just the first part. Okay, so again, our brother has sent me this email. He says, okay, the story you gave of the past is, quite frankly, 
an easy one to rewrite. There's obvious truth in the mother was doing what she could to care for her children. What about someone who was seriously abused as a child? Question mark. Boom. There's the question mark. And then he gives an example. For example, suppose he or she was physically beaten and emotionally abused. And let's say that individual was physically abused so badly that it left scars. And I mean physical scars, which once the abuse was over, turned into daily invisible reminders of one's terrible past. How would one rewrite that story in a positive light? Question mark. Boom. I'm going to answer that. Now, our brother also says this is an extreme case and it did not happen to me. Okay. So I, I get that. I understand that. Now, ironically, that did happen to me. <laughs> I think it's very fascinating that you said that you sent that email I, or I think it's very fascinating that I received that email I should say I received this email and this is a story that I have rewritten this is a story that has happened in my life you know I have not been completely candid about my childhood with all of you you know with all the drama and the story that I used to tell myself I've kind of like skipped over or passed through or maybe even just re have rewritten so much of it that I'm not really thinking about it, talking about it. You know, it's not a part of my identity. You can go back and listen to episode one if you choose to, right? If you choose to go back and listen to that, I've given you guys a little bit, but I'm going to go deeper and just tell you that, yeah, like, look, I was abused physically, uh, emotionally, of course. I've told you guys about that, but I've, I was abused, I was abused uh, very physically. And yes, it was so consistent and violent that, you know, I have been left with scars, physical scars into my adulthood. Even as a 40-year-old man today, I can see these scars when I look in the mirror. I can see these scars on my body. Some of them I can't see because, you know, they're in places in my body that I can't see, but I have physical scars from that time in my life from both direct and indirect abuse. I have burns on my body from cigarettes, from cigars, you know, from just being, you know, <laughs> just being burnt. I have scars on my face from being struck, from being hit with not just a fist, brother, but with like bats, chains, belts. Like I have scars on my face. I have scars from indirect abuse, right? Like, for example, I was, I was riding my bike with my stepdad. He kicked me off the bike. I tumbled down a hillside and on my way down, I was, I was impaled by multiple like sharp sticks in the ground. And these required stitches and I still have these scars left over. I've had bones broken by this man. I almost lost a finger from this abuse because it, there was one point my stepdad, he had grabbed my arm and he was slamming my forearm in the uh, bathroom door, in the door of the bathroom. And I was struggling so hard to pull away that I pulled away. He uh, uh, slipped his grip and the door caught my finger and it almost severed my finger off. We had to go to the hospital to get it restitched back on, and I I have the scars all of my finger to to show where it was almost completely severed off. This is just a few of the events in my childhood that left scars on my body into my adulthood. And I have more that I can share with you, but we don't have the time in this podcast. Well, really, what I want to do is I want to help you see that you presented me with a story of my life that now I have the opportunity to go and share how I was able to rewrite this story to empower myself and really bring it to all of you here in my audience, all of you that are listening. Now, the first thing I want to do is go back to the 
email and just kind of finish it up because we got through halfway through the email. I will come back and I will rewrite this story that of my past and this hypothetical story of our brother, but this, you know, quite literal story of my past. But first I want to go, go and I want to respond to the rest of his email because he deserves that. Our, our, our brother who said this, he deserves uh, me to respond to the rest of this because he says some things that happen in someone's past and how a person feels about it are not a result of how they're thinking about it. That is, that's actually not true. The truth is, is that we do not, feel feelings from our past. We feel feelings from our thoughts. And when we're thinking about the past, even though it's the past that is the thought, it's the moment that we're having those emotions. So we can think about the same events that occurred in our past in a different way and have a different feeling about them in that moment. The feeling that we're having now comes from the thoughts we're having now. They don't come from the thoughts we were having then or the feelings that we were having then. That is just, that's simply neuroscience, my friend. You know, I would love to spend more time on that, but that's not the scope of this podcast. Our emotions are chemical messengers that come from our brain. They indicate what we're thinking and what we're believing. It doesn't come from the past. It doesn't come from previous events. So going back now to the email, it says, furthermore, they cannot be erased by just not thinking about them anymore or by creatively rethinking them. And you know what? You're absolutely right. I am not teaching that we erase our thoughts or our, or, or our past. I'm not talking about erasing our past. I'm not talking about erasing our memories. I'm talking about rewriting them, reframing them, thinking about them in a different way so that you feel different now in the moment with who you are today, with the person you've become rather than thinking about them as the person that you were experiencing them in that moment. It's not erasing it. It's not erasing anything. We're not going back and changing. In fact, that's that's the opposite. I do not teach that we change things because we cannot change things. The past is the past. It's dead. It's gone. It's unchangeable. It's not the erasing or the changing. It's the reframing of the thoughts to align with who we are versus who we were. Then our brother goes on, he says, some things were actually horrible and there's simply no other way to think about them. And again, that's okay. You can believe that 100%. That's yours to believe. I believe in the universal truth. I believe that there's nothing actually horrible. There's nothing actually outside of us that's horrible. It's all what we decide to make it mean. And I'm going to actually show you that by how I changed what I made my past mean where I used to think it was horrible but not anymore. And then he goes on and says, I don't intend to be dismissive of your theory and how one should treat the past. I believe that for most people, there's much good that become of it, and but it only goes so far. I don't believe it can be successfully applied all the time. 100%, brother, that is totally yours to have. If that is the beliefs that you want to have, then that is the results that you will create for yourself. And I want to rewrite this story. I want to show you how this works because as I do this, I'm going to say again that you don't have to rewrite or leave behind any part of your past that you don't want to. If you choose to believe that your past was terrible and horrible, any of you out there, and that it defines you to this day as being, as having something wrong, have something gone wrong, and you shouldn't be where you are now... And you should be more successful, you should be more loved, or you should be more worried or, or whatever, worthy or whatever, you know, whatever. If it hadn't happened, what happened to you, then that's for you. That's a choice that you can make. 
It's neither a right choice nor a wrong choice, brother. It's simply a choice that you make for yourself and how you want to experience your life today. If you want to experience your life as you did then, you can think about the same thoughts, have the same emotions around it. But let's be clear and honest. It's a choice. You're making this choice, either consciously or unconsciously, because all subjectivity, all thoughts are a choice. And believing all of that is your choice if you choose it, but you are not locked into it. That is None of that is a fact, which I'm going to show you right now by rewriting this past for you, hypothetically, as I did for myself, literally. So let's rewrite this. Like, okay, so here's what happened, right? Like, I've given you guys the background. I've given you a couple stories, right? Like, I was kicked off my bike. Um, I had my finger slammed in a door. Um, I was hit with all kinds of different objects. I had cell-to-cell contact, right? Like I had my stepdad hit me with his fist, with his foot, with his elbow, like he would just strike me and my brother, my, my brother and I. So there was cellular to cellular contact, but there was also molecular to cellular contact. I was struck with belts and bats and, and bike chains and things like that. Now with these contacts, with this contact to my body, of course, I felt a lot of physical pain. At the time, as a child, I felt a lot of physical pain, but I also felt a lot of emotional fear, right? I'm this little kid. I'm this little guy, right? I mean, this happened between the ages of like 7 to 12. I would even say 6 to six to 12. But it happened when I was a little kid. I was just in first grade, and, you know, I really didn't have an idea on the way the world was. I had come from a situation where my mom and my biological father were very, um, you know, loud with each other. They were, we would argue a lot. So I had an understanding of conflict, but I didn't really understand like actual, like fear, fear of pain, fear of violence, fear of, uh, being, of not being safe. So I, here I was like this little guy and I've got all of these things happening. Like, yes, there was the physical contact, the physical contact against my body, against my the flesh of my my body uh, my bones you know piercing my flesh breaking my bones things like this but it was the um, it's the emotion right it's that emotion of feeling unsafe it's that emotion of feeling uh you know sort of scared and, and not knowing if, if how long this is going to last or, or or if this is going to be forever and all of that emotion all of that fear is what kept into my adulthood, right? So it was that fear of distrust, fear of other adults, fear of distrust of other adults. You know, when it comes to attention, when it comes to some one of the needs that we have uh, psychologically as human beings, you know, the need for attention of others, the need for uh, being attentive to others and having attention from others, for me as an adult, that became very dangerous. You know, when I am receiving attention as a child, it's in the form of violence, physical pain. So for me, when I would, became an adult and I would have people give me attention, all, any kind of attention. It was like, I don't want that. I don't want your attention. I became shy and introverted. You know, I really wanted to stay away. I would hide. There was shame. And when people did give me attention, there would be some sort of suspicion around it. So there were all of these things that kind of kept with me, the affection and, um, and appreciation, you know, acceptance for who I was. You know, I wasn't really able to grow into that. All of that kind of came with me into my adulthood. Now, for me to rewrite this story, what I did was I began to understand that 
what happened happened in a very direct experience way. Going back to last week's podcast, and I said it a couple of times already in this episode, you know, there was cellular to cellular contact. You know, I was hit by another living organism. I was hit by another, you know, sort of this this living thing, right? Another human. There was molecular to cellular contact. I was struck by things and stuff. You know, we think about when we stub our toe or we bump into... Um, when we bump into doors or walls or we're stumbling around the dark and we hit our shin on the coffee table, it's like, oh, there's that molecular to cellular pain. You know what I mean? Like that's what happened. And that was my direct experience. And it came from, you know, this other human. It was what I made it mean in terms of my safety and my fear and my acceptance and my attention around adult human male forms in terms of the physical abuse, and I've already talked about female forms in terms of the abandonment and the neglect, and, you know, my mom should have been there to protect me and so on. So you can go back to, you know, a couple episodes on on that one. This one's more about, yeah, I had that physical abuse. So passing through direct experience, let's begin with the rewrite. Passing through direct experience, it's kind of like, okay, so I had the contact, I had the physical contact. If you remember last week, with the, we talked about what direct experience is. Basically, there's this bigger tree next to me, right? There's this bigger tree that's grown already, and I'm this little tree, and I'm growing next to this big tree. But this bigger tree is so big that it, it, like its branches are rubbing against me, right? There's that there's that tree to tree contact, right? Or maybe its branches are falling on me. You know, so that that, that indirect, I was get injured because of this indirect contact from this bigger tree. And, you know, so my bark would, would, would chip off, you know, I'd get these scars. And, you know, I think about that contact, that tree to tree contact, that cellular to cellular contact that we as humans have when we make contact. That's what happened right now. How does that little tree think about, well, not think about, but how does it experience because whether trees think or not, you know that's a whole up to that's a whole other thought, right? But how does that tree experience that bigger tree, right? Does it experience as an attacker? Does it, it, it does it experience it as an abuser? Does it experience its rubbing of the bark as being these lifelong scars that are preventing it now from being the fullness, the full tree that it can be? Or does it even just die? Does that tree just kind of roll over and decide, oh, I've lost this part of me or, or this, this, all of this rubbing is so much for me that I'm going to just stop you know, driving my roots into the ground, stop receiving nutrients from my environment and stop growing into a bigger tree? Do I just like kind of turn over and become that, that, that dead tree? What is the experience for that tree? Now, that tree just continues to grow. That tree experiences this and continues to grow because in its tree-ness, nothing has changed. It's still a full tree. That little tree is still a tree, regardless of whether it's had a little bit of bark rubbed off of it or maybe it's had a branch torn off because of something that happened with this bigger tree. It's still going to be a tree in tree-ness. It's still going to grow. It's still going to be an amazing creation of what's possible for that tree because that's what it does. That's what it is. The direct experience is simply that experience, that tree-to-tree contact or that cellular-to-cellular contact or that molecular-to-cellular contact. Whatever that happened to me there was simply energy colliding, right? 
And I know that that can sound really benign. That can sound really cold. It can sound really neutral. That's the point, brother. All of you, that's the point. Like The point of passing through neutral is understanding that it is benign. It is just there. It just happened. You know, it happened as it happened, and it couldn't have happened any other way. And the reason why it couldn't have happened any other way is because it didn't. So how? Be, so because it happened that way, it happened for me. It was my journey. It's always been my journey. It couldn't. Uh, my journey couldn't be any other journey, because if it would have been another journey, it would have been somebody else's journey. It would have been your journey, or your journey, or your journey, right? It would have been one of your journeys, not my journey. Each one of your journeys is unique for you. So it is very neutral. It is very benign. And I could think of this journey as being off the track. I could think of it as being broken. I could, have, I could think of it as being what shouldn't have happened and be arguing with this, these events of my journey my entire life. I could stay in that place of argument. But I choose to rewrite that in a way that serves me. And the way that I rewrite that is in two ways. Number one, I, I look at where I am and I say, like, like, this is the man that I am. This is the man that I've become. And this is so powerful. Look, look at what I'm able to do. Look at what I'm able to say. Look at the way I'm able to say it. Look at the way I'm able to explain to you guys, to every one of you guys, what you know, happened for me in my past. And the only reason that I'm able to connect with you guys is because of what happened for me in my past. If it had not happened that the way it happened, I would not be here on this podcast explaining these things in this way, having been there, done that, and giving you guys my experience to help you go through your experience, to help you understand better your experience. That happened for me, for you. And it continues to be like that. That's the way life is. It's that ripple effect of, of paying it forward. Now, again, I can think that I'm broken and lost and damaged and wrong and that, you know I should be somewhere else in my life. But that would also be a lie. That would be an illusion because where I am is where I'm meant to be. Understand? And anywhere we're meant to be is based on where we are from the choices that we've made. We are meant to be here because we've created it for ourselves. And I love being here. I love where I am and what I'm able to do. And I'm only able to do it because of my past, because of what I learned, because of what I experienced and the way I experienced. And here's the way I choose to write about my neutral past, my experience, my direct experience with the collision of cellular energy and molecular energy. Have you guys ever seen that movie Conan? Not the new one with the Aquaman. I'm talking about the old one with Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? The old Conan. Now, if you haven't seen that movie, I highly recommend it for two reasons. Number one is the reason I'm about to tell you. It's this amazing story. But two, the soundtrack is off the hook. I love it. It's bananas. It's probably one of the greatest soundtracks ever like if you think about scores movie scores check it out it's really amazing but i want i want to tell you the story because if you haven't seen this movie basically what happens is it opens up with conan as a kid as a child right maybe like 10 12 years old which again this is about the time in my life it happened a little bit when i was younger but about the time where sort of my experience of resilience began so the movies starts where he's this kid and he's really bonding with his dad and you know he's got this mom and everything's great and then he's out there playing in the snow and this warring tribe comes in and basically just slaughters everybody he sees his dad get eaten and alive by dogs his mom he's holding his mom's hand she's like the last one alive and she's he's holding her hand and she's you know protecting him fighting and she's got the sword up 
and she just gets her head chopped off. James Earl Jones' character just just chops her head off. So he, you know, she literally dies while he's holding her hand. And then they take this kid, this Conan, this boy. They put him in chains and they march him across the world, you know, over the mountains, through the desert, across the snow, and everything. And they chain him to this wheel that apparently has no purpose. You know, maybe it's a mill for water or for grain, but it, has no, it seems to have no purpose. And they just have him walk chain him to this wheel and have him walk and the rest of his child life he's walking this wheel of course it makes him strong powerful you know he becomes this Arnold Schwarzenegger character but that's not it that's not the end because at the end when he's all adult and he's grown up then they take him off this wheel and they throw him into a pit and they say fight with this guy who's trying to kill you the person who you know doesn't die is the winner right and he learns to fight. He learns the survival. He learns what he's capable of. He's learned through all of these things that we would think is like horrible, right? Like we would look at that and say like, well, my gosh, like his entire tribe was slaughtered. And then he was, you know, he had to walk himself halfway across the world. And then he had to, you know, basically just have this this life of boredom and slavery and monotony where he's just building his strength and muscle, but nothing else, you know, there's nothing going on. And then after all that, he's got to fight to defend himself, basically to stay alive. We would think that's horrible. But in the end, what happens is, and this is within the first 20 minutes of the movie, in the end, what happens is he gets educated. Like they teach him how to use a sword. They teach him how to use weapons. They teach him uh, philosophy and they teach him how to read and write. And, they, you know, he becomes this great warrior where uh, kings are now looking to him for advice. And he goes through all of this and all of this is just a learning. It's just a path for him to become this great, powerful figure and earn his freedom so that now he can take all of that and step into the world as the man he's become who would not be the man that he had become had not all of that happened to him, right? He would not be Conan the Barbarian, this warrior. He'd be Conan, you know, the kid who grew up in this tribe, in this village, right? With his, with everything happening and everything was fine. So that's the thing. And I think about that movie and I look at that movie, I'm like, yeah, like that could be the end, right? That's the end of the hero's journey, right? But they go on and he takes revenge on whatever. You know, he goes and he finds his James Earl Jones character. But I think about that and I think about, okay, so that's, that was that's how I rewrite my childhood, right? That's how I look at it. I look at the cellular to cellular contact that my stepdad made against my body when he hit me in the face, when he struck me, when you know when, when he was body to body, or the molecular to cellular contact. You know, when he was there was an object of physical abuse. It was all just there to make me stronger. It was all just there to make my bones stronger, to help me deal with physical pain, to help me understand what physical pain is, to help me recognize that I can build myself strong. You know, I got into fitness because of that. I got into fitness because I wanted to build a strong, resilient body. I knew what pain was. I had a good experience with it. I don't say good as in positive. I mean, good. Like I had a pretty consistent, <laughs> I had a, a fairly uh, long duration of time, a long duration of experience with it. And so I wanted to build up a strong body. That's why I got into martial arts as well, because I wanted to be able to defend myself. I would not have done that had I not had that experience. But I also had the experience of that emotional fear. And that is where I started to rewrite. I rewrote that to where, yes, the fear was also there for me to know that what I could put up with, what I could deal with, to create mental fortitude, to recognize that, yes, I can be afraid in this small child body of this giant adult who's, who's 
causing this physical pain for me. And now that I am a man who has built strength, who has built fortitude, who has built resolve and tenacity and resilience, I can now take all of that and reassimilate it into my psyche, into the story that I tell myself about myself, not from a child's perspective of fear, but from an adult's perspective of capability. And what I love, and what I want to end with, but what I love about our brother's note to me, this, this, this loving message that he sent, which I love so much because it allows me to share more of my story with you guys, is that he said, what about the scars that are there? What about the scars that exist? And, and, and it got me thinking about my scars. You know, the truth is I don't really think about them anymore because I don't really think about them anymore. I don't really see much of them anymore. I'm not looking at them and I'm not actively thinking about them. But it did get me thinking about them in terms of, yeah, what if they are a symbol? You know, I always thought of them as simple cells, right? It's like it's a cell. You know, we have cells that create scar tissue. We have cells that create skin tissue. You know, it's the same. It's still just a skin cell. It's still just there. But what if I think of them not so neutrally, but as real powerful reminders of what I know I can handle, of what I know I've been through and although may not want to go through again, I may not necessarily want to put myself through that amount of physical pain as an adult, but knowing that I can, knowing that I can handle it, that it's not that big of a deal, that I can handle if physical pain, emotional pain, if it comes to me, I have built that resilience. I have built that resolve. I have built that fortitude. I do have that tenacity. I do have that mental strength, that physical strength, that spiritual healing power. I've got that. And these scars are my symbol. And I love you for that, brother. I love you for bringing that up and giving me the opportunity to think about my scars in that way and be able to teach this lesson to all of our listeners who may have a story that is more intense for them than the stories that I share about myself. Because a story that I shared two weeks ago about my mom and, you know, about her having working two jobs, maybe that didn't, didn't resonate with some of you. Maybe it resonated with some of you and were like, whoa, like, that's really amazing. That's awesome. I'm going to use that. Maybe for others, it didn't resonate. So I appreciate the opportunity to now be able to share with you another story of my past and how I was able to rewrite it in a way that serves me so much more than thinking that I was broken, than thinking that I was a victim, than thinking that there was something wrong with me and that I was never going to have a normal life, thinking that I was you know, never going to be able to live the way other people live with confidence and abundance and love. Because when I rewrote my story, I found that I had those things with me, within me all the time. They're always there. It's not something that you receive from outside of you. It's something that you open up within you when you begin to look at the beliefs, the limiting beliefs, the thoughts that are preventing that energy from being and vibrating from its source, which is your alpha state. And that's what I got for you guys today. I look forward to talking to you guys next week about more direct experience. We're going to do part two on direct experience next week. And until then, elevate your alpha. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. 
If you enjoy what you've heard and want even more, sign up for Unleash Your Alpha, your guide to shifting to the alpha mindset at thealphamalecoach.com slash unleash.